Hi, my name is Aisha Addo, and I'm the founder of Power to Girls Foundation and Drive Home. <laughs> You're listening to Unfiltered, the podcast. Hello, podcasters. Welcome to another episode of Unfiltered. In today's episode, we have a chat with Nichelle Bartley, financial strategist and CEO of Money Basic. Today, we talk all about money, how to understand it, how to keep it, and how to invest it. Let's get right into it. So thank you so very much, honestly, for taking the time out to chat. I mean, we've had a couple of conversations and you know that I'm big on like finances and like financial management and just all the beautiful things about finance that you do. So like we're talking money, money, money. Um, One of the things that I've realized is that like a lot of people, you know, want to be entrepreneurs or they want to leave their jobs and pursue entrepreneurship. Um, And one of the things too that I have come to realize is that a lot of people don't necessarily plan properly for it, um, specifically around the financial aspect. So if you can give us a little spiel, so tell us first that we're going to start with you telling us about yourself and all the beautiful things that you do, and then we'll get right into it around money and finances and management that money and creating generational wealth and all that beautiful stuff. Sure, no problem. All right, so my name is Michelle Bartley and I am the CEO of Money Basics. And uh, how I work with people, I am a financial strategist. So I work both with people who work a regular nine to five and those who are entrepreneurs or side hustlers. Mm-hmm. And really what I do and what I specialize in is bridging the gap between what you got in your bank account to what you have on your vision board. Hmm. Right. So my philosophy is, is that uh, everything that you have on your vision board, believe it or not, has a dollar amount attached to it. Mm-hmm. Right. So the clearer that we start to understand what we're working towards, what we're striving towards does require money. It will start to add a lot of clarity and um, specificity as to where you need to be spending your time, what you need to be doing in regards to the money that you have. How do you need to plan to make more and mm-hmm. what you should be doing and allocating with the money that you have? having your possession today. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful because um, one of the things that I know is that money is one of the things that we're constantly, constantly in search of as entrepreneurs. Um, but then the other side of the conversation that we fail to mention is financial management, right? So mm-hmm. can you tell us a little bit about, you know, what it means to manage your finances properly and well, not only as an entrepreneur, but someone that has a side hustle or someone that is even thinking about getting into entrepreneurship um, as well, like in general, what are some of the things that you'd say to us? I think the key thing here, regardless of whether you're an entrepreneur, side hustler, or someone who's a nine to fiver is understanding one, what, what your vision for your money is, what you want to do with the money that you have. So, and also how much your lifestyle is currently costing you right now Mm. right so the thing is where I think everybody has fallen into this at some point in their life where you know what what you want and what you have in your bank account or what's coming in right now isn't making ends Mm -hmm. so what what ends up happening is you know whether you have credit card debt line of credit, whatever the case is, loans, you use these other forms of capital to bridge that that particular gap. Now, I'm not of the proponent to say that all debt is bad because I don't believe that. That's not mm-hmm. true. Mm-hmm. But I think it's when you have a lot of consumer debt, it's where it becomes a problem because that prevents you from being as flexible as you want to, to take advantage of opportunities, whether it is uh, to invest in other things, mm-hmm. whether it is um, property, whether whether it's other tangible things. But I also believe your biggest investment isn't a house, real estate, or any of those things. It's yourself. Mm. 
Mm, that's a good one. And I, I actually want you to go back to the conversation around not every debt is bad. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I think that is one of the one of the myths that, you know, we hear. And like, even like from, you know, especially as people of color, from a very like early stage, you know, we're thought that debt is a bad thing. So a lot of people try to avoid debt. And then, I mean, they end up falling into debt anyways at some point in their life. But can you shed a little bit of light on, you know, not every debt being bad and even how how we can use the good debt as a way of building wealth. Sure. So when I say that not all debt is bad debt, uh, generally speaking, uh, things like getting a mortgage for your house is not considered bad debt. Even student loans are not considered bad um, mm-hmm. bad debt. Where the delineation or where the de- demarcation point is where things start to become bad is when it's more from consumption. So ideally, if we take a step back and we look what what credit was always meant to be for, mm. it was known as other people's money. So you use that money to be able to leverage yourself to to take advantage of an opportunity, and that opportunity should be one where it will grow. So if I borrow $10,000 to invest into something and over a space of time, depending on what it is, you can go back to it. It's no longer worth $10,000. You'll make whatever X amount of money on it, depending Mm -hmm. on what that is, right? So the key is as long as the amount of money that you're making is superseding the amount of interest that you're paying, then you've leveraged money that's not yours and it's allowing you to pay it back and also make money on top of that. But the issue is when you are uh, looking at things from a consumer debt perspective, that's not making you more money Mm -hmm. generally. It's usually consume. You can't take it and do something else with it. Mm. And it, I think it's, it's very interesting that you mentioned that because this also goes back to like in terms of like building credit, right? Mm-hmm. And having that like, you know, not just in, in terms of like line of credit and all that stuff, but like understanding what credit in itself means, you know? So if someone is listening and has no idea as to what credit is or even as to like, you know, how to leverage, you know, not necessarily the consumer debt, but then maybe the other debts that they have um, in a positive way to build their wealth, what would be some of the advice? that you'd give on? What would be some of the things that you should take into consideration? I think before you even start looking at leveraging debt, Mm -hmm. it's really important to understand the relationship that you have with debt, Mm. right? So if you're somebody that has a lot of negative feelings or you have guilt towards Mm. using debt, it's a challenging thing to get yourself to leverage debt to make more money Mm. because you may be of the mindset that Let's say you are doing it by the book. You're using it to um, purchase something to make you more money. But if you have a lot of guilt around it, you may be so focused on, okay, I need to hurry up and pay this back. I need to hurry up and pay this back. Now, again, somebody who wants to pay after debt quickly, there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm, my question then becomes at what expense, mm-hmm. right? Because you have to look at being able to balance out your lifestyle, making sure that you are taking care of yourself properly. So if it is that you're working excessively when you technically don't need to because you are having a fear or heaviness about carrying the debt, then I'm going to question and ask how much is that really serving you? Hmm. Because that's causing you excess stress on your your emotions, on your your body. Mm -hmm. So... The key thing is when you're looking to utilize credit that you have for building or building wealth or building more leverage, 
it's you have to be very clear on what that intention is for and making sure that you understand what you're using that money for in order to turn it into something else. Don't just go and invest into something you don't really understand how that investment is supposed to work for you or what that responsibility is going to be required of you in order to get that investment. Wow. That's actually a really, really good point. So that, in a sense, is what our relationship with money in itself mm-hmm. is, right? And like, how can we understand a relationship with money? Because I'm still, like, I'm personally still learning, especially when I started my my business. It was mm-hmm. really just trying to like, oh my God, there's all these different things and everyone is talking about loans. And I'm like, I don't want to start my business with debt. Like, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? That was one of like my biggest fears. Yeah. And as time went on, I recognized that like, wow, like, you know, if I had taken that loan at that point in time it would have catapulted like you know my my business in a different way but because Mm -hmm. of the mentality and like the relationship that I had with money I'm like no I don't want to start this off on a like you know on a loan I don't want to start this off on debt it kind of you know crippled me Mm -hmm. that like you know in that area so how can we understand what our relationship to money is and how can we even build up and maintain and for some of us fix that relationship that we have with money So I'm really glad that you brought that example up. And I think that's a perfect example that we can use, Aisha, Mm -hmm. just for understanding that. So when you started your business, of course, you're new to the scene of uh, having your own business, Mm -hmm. um, doing your own thing. And at that time, you had limited understanding of how you can utilize credit to build your business or catapult your business in a different way. So you're looking at, even though you may have people around you telling you, hey, if you borrow this or use this, you can get here. But because you couldn't see yourself walking that out for yourself, you Mm -hmm. only saw it as, well, this is a lot. This is a lot of responsibility. And of course, you're taking all the stories and understanding of what you have of that because of whether it's your parents, whether it's um, friends that you have or your specific knowledge at that time you weren't able to allow allow yourself to see you in a different light Mm -hmm. right so you're you're going to stick to the comfort zone that you know whether it's serving you or not it's just what you know Mm -hmm. and that at that time because you haven't got you haven't gone through the walk you haven't you haven't exposed yourself to different things and to understand it for yourself. Now that you've, how many years in, you understand things differently. You've been exposed to different people and to different ways that people run their business. So you start to understand, you're like, oh yeah, I can do this. I've been through certain challenges. I understand how this works. So yes, maybe I may not take, let's just use $100,000 that's available to you. I may feel more comfortable doing 50 mm-hmm. than 100. Mm-hmm. But at the time, if someone get brought that you were like, whoa, that is way too much money. I don't know how I'm going to pay for this because that's the first thing you'll start to think about, yeah. right? It's like, oh my, how the hell am I going to pay this back, right? As opposed to understanding, you know, what is the capacity of your business? Mm-hmm. What are the revenue streams that your business can actually bring in? And then say, okay, well, if I'm able to do this, then I could definitely pay for that, yeah. right? And it's a different way of thinking, especially when you're talking about it from a business perspective. It's yeah. it's completely different. It's not like, okay, I'm just going to go buy a car because you can see the value mm-hmm. in why I need a car yeah right (laughs) absolutely that's a very interesting way to put it because like even on the podcast and previous episodes 
I was talking about, you know, someone asked me if they should, you know, sort of like quit their job and become an entrepreneur, like, you know, teach them entrepreneurship. And I'm like, yeah, there's so many different aspects of this that like, you know, a lot of folks don't talk about. And the money part is one, you know, because, you know, we're constantly sort of like talking about looking for, you know, funding and trying to access capital and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the financial management aspect is the biggest one, because once you understand that, once you understand yourself and your financial habits, you're able to make certain decisions that you wouldn't necessarily make, right? So like if you're a nine to fiver, you recognize that, okay, do I really want to leave my job now and go into this full time when, you know, I've not maybe saved for two years or I've not, like, you know, I don't have consistent stream of income coming in. So I think this is a perfect time to even talk about saving. Um, I, I feel like a lot of things with finance and with money is like so flowery and like, you know, mm-hmm. we hear it all the time, but it's like, okay, how do you really do this? How do you actually intentionally save? You know, how do you make the best of, you know, the money that you are saving or like, you know, vice versa? Like, how can we do it? And like, from your point of view as a financial strategist, what would be some of the strategies that you think people need to take into consideration when you're looking into saving? So a couple of things, like I liked what you said about, you know, people coming to you asking whether they should, you know, quit their job and go into, you know, full-time entrepreneurship. And again, if you're somebody that you don't have a certain amount of savings, you don't have a certain amount of cash flow put aside, I will always tell you no. But what I want everyone to walk away with today, and it's a mindset shift, and this is what we're going to talk about next. Mm-hmm. You are your own venture capitalist. Mm, I like that. Right? So when we talk about building a business, a lot of times we talk about funding. Funding doesn't always have to come from somebody else. Mm-hmm. You can fund your own business. And guess what? Your employer is helping you for you to be your own venture capitalist. Mm. So it's a mindset shift. You have to look at things differently. Yes, you may not like your job. You may not like whatever. But you have to know that if you don't like your job right now and you're going to go and work for yourself Mm. please don't think customers are going to be much nicer to you either that's what i keep telling people (laughs) (laughs) please just understand that if you don't learn those lessons that you need to learn at your day job mm-hmm. whether it's a boss that's pissing you off whether it's a coworker you can't stand they're going to show right back up as a customer yep, absolutely right so it's the basis of everything that i talk about because to me the, the thing about being really good about money it's an 80 20 split it's 80 percent mindset and 20 percent te- technical i could tell you everything about save this amount of money you should do this with your money you should do that with your money and that's what everybody hears. That's mm-hmm. what the banks glorify and tell you. Just save this. Just do this. Mm-hmm. And they're all valid points. But it's two things. It's one, how you think about your money. And then two, you have to think about all the advice that you hear about money. Think of it as different puzzle pieces, mm-hmm. right? And your what you want for your life and your financial strategy is a different picture than what I want for myself. Mm-hmm. So if you're to splice that um, picture up into different puzzle pieces, they're not going to be the same as mine, mm-hmm. right? even though there are aspects of my puzzles that talks about investing and saving and so does yours, but they won't fit the same because you need different things at different times in your life. And the amounts that you want may be completely different from mine. So this is why you can't necessarily say, okay, if someone says to save this or save that, I'm not saying they're not valid, but what works for you? Mm. And that's why you got to start back and say, what's the vision you're looking at, right? And then you have to understand what's your mindset around it. What are you willing to do? What are you not willing to do? 
to? What are you willing to look at at how you behave with money today? Because how I behaved with money when I was when I was 20 isn't the way that I'm behaving with money right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's completely different. Absolutely. Right? And you keep evolving, you keep growing, and it's because of the experiences that you have as you walk through life, right? You'll make stupid mistakes with your money because we all do, we all have, yeah. <laughs> right? And you learn, you're like, oh, well, that doesn't make any sense. So when we talk about savings or investing, I encourage you to go back to understanding what, you know, what does Aisha want? Hmm right? On a grand scheme. And do know that you may create a vision board today, but that's not all coming into fruition tomorrow. Yeah. It's incremental, right? Some things are going to take a while and that's why you know, okay, um, I have to save a certain amount of money incrementally over time so that I could get to be able to get to whatever that amount is. And some things you, you could tackle in this particular year, but it all depends on the cash flow that you have coming in, mm-hmm. the responsibilities that you have signed up for, mm-hmm. right? And um, do you have leverage after your expenses are taken care of? And that's what the key thing is. And the thing is, even if you have cash flow after your expenses are covered, it's what are you doing with that cash flow? Are you investing back in yourself? Are you putting it aside for the things that you say that you want, whether it's to save or whether it's to take to use as an investment for something else? But the key thing I always I always encourage people is to be investing back in yourself first. Mm. So when you talk about investing back in yourself, someone might think of, you know, hey, I'm getting, you know, I'm getting myself a new car. I'm getting myself. <laughs> You know what I mean? Um, for someone to be like, oh my God, I've been eyeing that phone for a, a bit. You know, I'm going to go get. So like, what what does investing back in yourself mean from your perspective as a financial strategist? Investing back in yourself is about looking at what do you need to do for yourself to get yourself to the next level, mm. right? And that you will be able to provide value on a higher level. Mm. So value exchange isn't always dollars. Sometimes it's relational, right? Absolutely. But I believe that those who do really well and those who are really wealthy, they have really great relationships with people. And of course, we know there are people who are wealthy and they have crappy relationships with people. Like, we know that. Yeah, But absolutely. generally speaking, you better relationships, um, that's, that is usually the doorway for you. As long as you're providing good value, we'll open the door for you to have more of it, right? So I think the key thing is around being honest with yourself and saying, okay, if you know that, you know, you want to be a top CEO of whatever company that you're trying to create, mm-hmm. and today, you know, you don't have those skill sets, Mm-hmm. It's not just the money, yeah. right? People who are at the top of their game is because they've consistently gone through life. They've learned through things that they've invested in themselves to mm-hmm. get to the next level. So if it is that you're saying to yourself, well, um, there's certain skill sets that I need. I'm not telling you go back to school because mm-hmm. school and learning looks so different than it was even 10 years ago. Absolutely. You don't have to sit in an official institution to improve yourself. That could be things where go to conferences, whether you read different books, whether you do online courses, um, or whether you do whatever it is that you need to do. Whether you hire a coach, whether you hire X, Y, and Z to get you those skill sets that you need, plus have the opportunity to practice it. Mm. So you can embed those skills, right? So we talk about practicing those skills. Yeah, sometimes that's going to require you to have extra funds to be able to do that, right? So I'm not telling you go out and buy the Benz, because that's <laughs> It's not necessary, mm-hmm. but you might need a car, but I don't see the car as an investment. I'm just going to say a car is never an investment. Yeah. It's an expense. Yep. 
absolutely it's, it's a big liability <laughs> yeah it's just an expense right but i think the key is don't have too much car before you need too much car mm. right if you don't have the cash flow for it or a lot of your cash flow is going to end up paying for a nice car then you're shooting yourself in the foot and being able to maximize on more money for yourself in the long run because you're overextending yourself before time actually that's really interesting so do you think then in order for us to gain financial freedom as individuals as entrepreneurs as night of fibers um, as just human beings living in Canada or in North America or in Europe, we need to have multiple streams of income? Of course. Well, I think before we even get to multiple streams of income, you have to you have to respect the income that you have right now. Mm. And you have to maximize what you have in your hand. Mm. I think that's what's key. Like you will need multiple streams of income. Things, life is getting more expensive, but we all know that there are people who have one income and they do very well with it. Yeah. And they're not necessarily banking loads and loads of money either, right? So it's, it's about understanding what you need, what you want, and making the most of what you have because tomorrow's not promised and it's not promised to you that you're going to get something tomorrow. So whatever you do have, maximize it and, and be grateful and be appreciative for what you do have because if you, you're not, you're not going to get more. Mm, wow. So how do you maximize this? Because I, I, I also want to be able to give people sort of like concrete sort of like one to three steps. Like, you know what I mean? This yes. is the first step. Like, so how do you maximize, you know, your present income? In order for you to gain that, you know, or at least start to think about, you know, gaining financial freedom and like, you know, building that generational wealth. Because I feel like that's also something that is being thrown around a lot around Mm -hmm. generational wealth, especially as people of color where, you know, for a very long time, our finances and like, you know, our financial freedom in a sense has been, um, what's it called? Stifled. Yes. Um, it's really interesting that like, you know, my generation specifically, we're all thinking like, okay, listen, we cannot be spending, like, you know, we cannot have the same financial habits, uh, as our parents. Like, you know what I mean? We cannot have the same financial habits as, um, our grandparents and how can we sort of like change that? So I want people to be able to like listen and go back and say, okay, yes, I need to understand my relationship with money. And I need to understand all the things that I'm doing that is either positively or negatively affecting my cash flow and affecting my finances. But then at the same time, how am I going to be able to maximize what I have now in order to get to the next step? So like what you said, first thing is understanding your relationship with your money because that's to me like the roadmap. So you know, as you said, with your generation, that was a lot of people. Um, they, we are realizing that what our parents did isn't going to serve us in this in this life, right? Mm-hmm. We see the things, we see the mistakes that they've made. So we have to start looking at, okay, if I know I don't want to do X, Y, and Z like my parents, what habits and behaviors am I exhibiting right now that resembles that? Mm. Because sometimes you're not even realizing you're doing the same thing. Absolutely. Right? So you get paid and then, you know, because you've, you've seen certain things growing up. They get paid, things come in the house every two weeks and then after that, like, you're not seeing nothing come in the house. Mm-hmm. I'm just using that as an example, mm-hmm. right? Or, um, you know, and it doesn't necessarily always mean that you, you're a spendthrift, meaning you just spend the money. It could be you just hoard onto the money you don't do anything with it Mm. right because you just feel like you need to have a lot of it and there are people like that they have money but they don't anything with it except for save it and just save it and they're not doing anything right and it's like if you ask them hey what are you going to do with it i don't know i just need to make sure i have x amount of money Mm -hmm. but it has no purpose Mm. right because they're holding on to that for whatever their reasons are and whatever they experienced right and usually in a lot of those circumstances there was a lot of lack there was a lot of um ups and downs and they feel that there's a security that is 
is being provided with having this money there, even though they have no intention for it. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's that piece and doing the work to understand that. So I, what I usually advise is going through just being observant. One, looking, as I said, looking at what your parents did, identify what you like, identify what you don't like, mm-hmm. start there and then look, just observe yourself. I usually give people exercise, observe yourself with your money for like, what are you doing? Like, how are you spending things? Observing how you feel when you feel a particular way. Do you end up spending money? Do you end up eating a lot? Do you end up whatever? Just pay attention to the behavior for a week and see what happens, right? That usually gives you a lot of insight as to your relationship with money. Observe how you speak about money, mm-hmm. right? Do you always speak about it as like, you know, use things like, oh, I'm broke, girl. I never have any money. I'm not whatever, mm. right? How do you change that language? Well, I have different priorities right now. So sorry, girl, I can't come to go drink, have drinks with you. But you know what? I got two bottles of wine at home. You could come over and we could have a bottle, right? So it's it's about being proactive about the language you're using as well. <laughs> That's a real good one. Because I think a lot of us have spoken ourselves into brokenness. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And uh, I think the second piece is about just being cognizant of what's coming in, what's coming out. Mm-hmm. I know people don't like to hear the word be the budget. Mm-hmm. You want to call it budget? I call it a money plan, your cash flow plan, whatever you want to call it. You need to know what's coming in and out of your out, out of your bank account, in your wallet, in your purse, and in your hand. Wow. No, that's that's real talks. And 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 that's the hard part, right? Like that's that's the work that needs to be done. That most of the time we like now, nah, like you know we don't want to do it because in order for you to really like demystify or like um, use the word sort of like break all the you know the barriers that we have and barriers that we have around money you have to be real with yourself and you have to be like okay let's say girl like it's time for us to have a sit down and decide that okay we're not going to eat out for the rest of the month because we have different priorities like you know so I think that's real that's a real thing and I love the fact that you talked about the power of words and how like you know our words are in a way also shaping up the relationship that we have with money and in a way also creating abundance or lack right mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you know I mean the b word we've used it a couple of times but mm-hmm. we're, we're breaking those habits you know so that we mm-hmm. can accumulate that wealth because <laughs> I say listen if you don't be too lazy or you don't want to check in your money you don't want to be you don't want to be wealthy I don't want to hear it yeah because you have to believe that those who are really wealthy they may not be the person day to day and look at the money but they have people assigned to that yep. but they've been at a point where they know what's going Going on, you can't say you want riches and whatever, and you don't pay attention to money. Mm. It, that's it, it's impossible. And even if you are one of those people who don't pay attention, and the money comes to you, it won't stay. Mm. It will not stay. So there's a responsibility that you have when you want money. Like you own the money. Don't mm-hmm. let the money own you. Mm-hmm. Right. The one thing I I want to eradicate, especially with women, I don't like when I hear women say that I'm not good with money. Mm. But yet you want to tell me of all the things you want to have well then you need to get good with money <laughs> you have That's to yeah. and I'm not telling you you need to be to, at the level of a CPA or accountant mm-hmm. or an investment banker or whatever you don't need to be at that level but you have to have some understanding you have to have some foresight you have to have vision about what it is that you want you have to have the courage to face certain things that are scary about it because sometimes there are some scary things that come up about money right you mm-hmm. have to have the courage to look into yourself and say how am I contributing to something because mm-hmm. it can't be somebody's fault all the time because yep. the one common denominator is yourself yep. right? 
right? Absolutely. So what are the things that you're doing to contribute to that? And just grab, put out your big girl panties and deal with it. Yeah. And if and my other thing too is, especially for our people, got to learn to ask for help. Mm. Ask for help. You can't figure out everything on your own. So if you don't know something and you don't want to ask somebody yet, go to Google. Mm-hmm. Go to Google. Google look it up. Yep. Get an understanding of something. So maybe if you're not feeling comfortable with asking the question right away, Google it. Read up on it. Figure out something so you can start the conversation about Mm -hmm. it, right? And then conjure up the courage to ask it once you have a better understanding of it, right? And it's it's small steps. The third thing that I want to also mention is pay attention to the money that you're making. Meaning, if you're in a nine to five, you need to have a plan for what you're going to be doing with this nine to five. Mm. So you work a nine to five, you get a certain pay, a certain salary or whatever, you get a certain pay increase every year. You got to have a plan for how you're planning to advance in that, whether you're staying in the job or you're going to staying with the company or you're going elsewhere. Got to plan out that trajectory because then your money stays stagnant when you stay in roles where your money is, your salary is not increasing no more beyond inflation. Mm. This is why you get trapped into, oh, I need to go use a credit card to pay for this and to pay for that. And it's not for the growth stuff. It's for consumables, Mm. right? If you're a business owner, if you got issues with money, you have issues with asking for what you should be paid. Got to work on that. I see a lot of business owners who do not pay themselves. <laughs> so it's about understanding what you having a plan for what your business is responsible for. Because your business, if you're a business owner, one of the responsibilities of your business be, besides turning a profit, because most people go into business to run mm-hmm. a for-profit business, the other responsibility that it has to you as a business owner is to increase your net worth. Mm-hmm. So if you are just pricing yourself to just pay expenses and pay your bills, there's no room for you to profit and grow on your own personal side or to, to scale and grow your business. Hmm. So you can't go into business just looking at as a cash flow to just exist. You got to look at it in ways like how can I maximize what I'm doing with my business, not from a money perspective, but from a value perspective. How much value can I provide to whoever my customers are? In return, with the confidence and the courage that you have and the value that you provide, you price yourself accordingly. That will not only allow your business to scale, not only allow you to turn a profit, not only allow you to increase your net worth, but to have a continuous flow of customers as well that you can serve. Mm-hmm. That's actually really interesting. Those are like some really amazing tips in terms of like really looking at how, you know, not just our relationship, but our understanding of money in itself can aid us in getting to where we want to be or living the life that we want to live. So yeah. my one of my last questions is that what is one of the biggest myths about money and wealth that we need to bust? Hmm, I like that question. For me, I think the biggest myth is that people think it's just about making more money and it's really about your mindset and how you think about your money because mm-hmm. wealth is more mindset than it is making of the money. Yeah, wow. It, it can't just be about you. Like, yes, you have to think about what you want, but um, the wealth has to come about not just from saying, I want the money. It's about what do you want to give back? Mm-hmm. What do you want to do in exchange for it? Mm-hmm. Right? How do I, how do I um, help people? Because the more people you help, is it more people will help you, mm-hmm. right? So got to think about it from, to me, I just think it's about thinking about it from that perspective because although the money is important, it's 
not the number one thing. Mm-hmm. I am an advocate for, for women knowing their numbers, people knowing their numbers. You need to know those intricate stuff. But what's more important than that is your relationship yourself, mm-hmm. um, your relationship with your with those who are important to you, mm-hmm. and with your relationship with your higher power, if you believe in that. Mm-hmm. Wow. No, that's that's real. That, I, I love that. I, I really and truly love that. And it really is going to cause people to think about money in a different, in a whole different way, because mm-hmm. I think, you know, a lot of times people get very technical yes. and then, you know, you do all the right things and then you check all the boxes, but then it's like, wow, why isn't my money still not working for me? Yeah. Why is, why do I still feel stuck? You know, why is yeah. this happening? So I appreciate the fact that you brought, like, you know, you took us on a different journey and, you know, really and truly like checking in with ourselves and checking in with like the relationship that we have with money, which I believe is key. And also the language, the language that we actually use when we like, you know, in relation to money. So I really appreciate that. So tell us where people can find you. Um, and like, you know, if someone wants to reach out to you to hear more about sort of like, you know, not just financial strategies, but then also how they can make their money work for them, how they can get in contact with you if you have any tools um, or like, yeah, just sell yourself, you know, like <laughs> pick up yourself. <laughs> Thanks, Aisha. You can find me. I mostly hang out on the gram. So you can find me on Instagram at Money Basic. Also over there, I do have a link to two calculators that I usually give people. Uh, The one calculator is to allow you to see if you're a nine to fiver, what your annual pay increase is going to be. And it shows you if you stay in that job over the next three years, how much cash flow are you going to have more each year over the space of three years, Mm. right? So that really starts to hone in and show people, okay, I need to have a plan for how we're going to increase my money, mm-hmm. right? Because there's a lot of times people look at that and they see it, they're like, oh, I didn't see it this way, mm-hmm. right? Um, the other calculator that I have is for um, my entrepreneurs and usually a lot of the questions that I get is like, you know, I want to make X amount of dollars. I want to make $10,000 a month. And I'm like, okay, well, is that $10,000 net or is that gross? Because mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> yep. are two different things. And like, right? taxes don't so, get you. Yeah, <laughs> taxman don't play with his money (laughs) right so you have to think about all those other things when you are a business owner so what I do is I provide you with approximately if you say to me I'm just using $10,000 as an example if you want to make $10,000 a month what is the revenue to make Hmm. based on what your percentage of your expenses are currently and how much profit you allocate wow things are available to you if you check me out on Instagram and you click the link in my bio. Amazing. Wow. Thank you so very much, Michelle. Honestly, like, I mean, it's interesting that I I was talking to a friend of mine who is actually studying finance in school now. And, mm-hmm. you know, most of the time me and her have conversations around money and then she'd be like, well, they didn't teach me that in school. And I'm like, yeah, of course not. Because, you know, so I love the fact that you really took the time out to chat with us about, you know, understanding our relationship with money. And like, honestly, the language is like, it's hitting me real hard because <laughs> I know that like there has to be some changes and, you know, you also gave us some resources as well. So thank you so much for coming on the Unfiltered podcast and You're sharing welcome. your unfiltered self with us. We really appreciate it. Um, and yeah, like, honestly, thank you. Thank you. You're thank welcome, you. Aisha. Yeah. Thank, thank you, you so much for having me.
Well, there you have it, folks. Another episode of Unfiltered. I hope you enjoyed today's session as much as I did. Be sure to leave a message, comment, subscribe, and share this podcast with your friends and your family. Also, leave me a voice message while you're at it. Again, this is your girl, Aisha Addo, reminding you to own your money. Do not let your money own you. Stay flat, stay true, and do you. This is Unfiltered. Unfiltered.